Hey there, Bush. Uh, it's a real shame that um, in real life today it's been so wet that we haven't been able to go on and burn our signs tonight. I know. It's, I feel a little bit gutted. I feel like we've let let the bad the bad signs off. Do you know Look, what I mean? I, I don't want to do live admin on the podcast here at the beginning of the podcast, but um, we could just postpone it by a day. Surely we could do it tomorrow night. I'm free tomorrow night. Are you free tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm free tomorrow night. That's not a problem at all. So we yeah. just need our, our producer, Adem, to there, come yeah. with us tomorrow night to, to film it all, I'm sure. Oh. On the minute, he's doing something. What is it he's doing? Oh, he's going to the theatre, that's what it is, yeah. Theatre? He's going to the theatre. He's going to the theatre? To what, I don't know, something like, he's going to watch, like, Starlight Express. <laughs> or cats. Loads of people on roller skates dressed as cats. So you're telling me that we can't burn signs that our yep. listeners have sent in in good faith... A vital thing we need to do... Tomorrow, because our producer's at the theatre. Unbelievable. Well... Imagine there, producer Adem, tomorrow night, whilst Richie and I should probably be burning these things, doing that thing we put a pound in to get your little theatre glasses on a stick. <laughs> oh, the view in the stalls is fantastic. <laughs> Here's the podcast. <laughs> Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile, every little helps. We had a big error going out and getting us a coffee about a quarter of an hour before the show, uh, just to nip across Golden Square to get two coffees. Yeah. No coat, no umbrella. I'm wearing sort of like a, a toweled shirt today. I feel so damp. What about me? Look, at, I cycle to work. <laughs> Stay in my jeans. I know, it's incredible. I look like I wet the bed. Wow. What uh, a way to get through the show today. And I, do you know what? I smell like, you know when a dog gets wet? Yes. I smell like wet dog. It's a great smell. It's going to be great for Danielle when she gets here at seven tonight. And then again, Wayne in Cardiff's texted to say, all right, lads, I've been looking forward to the show all day long. Oh, there's, well, we're God doing it for him. Wayne, yeah. Thank you, Wayne. We appreciate that. Now, I want to start off the show this evening by asking you a very pertinent question, and it's this. Have you ever done something so thrifty that you've kind of scared yourself? Because <laughs> I never want to, like, turn into my parents and, you know, all the, the economy and cash-saving things that your parents get up to. You think, I'm never, never going to turn to my parents. But I did something over the weekend that actually scared me a little bit. Uh, my youngest daughter, who's nine months old, is eating like a goat and is growing literally in front of your eyes. She's just getting bigger all the time. She's growing at this phenomenal pace. And I went to put her kind of our favourite baby grow on her on Saturday morning whilst the telly was on. And she was too big for it. So it's one of those baby grows that have got the feet included on yeah, the bottom. Yeah. I don't know if there's like a proper word for it. But I couldn't get it on her. It's just the point where she's like bending like a bow. <laughs> I think this is just this is too small. She's outgrowing it. So, and I don't know quite how I came to do this, but I got some scissors from the kitchen and I cut the feet off the baby grow <laughs> and put it back on her again. So if you look on our Twitter account, at Absolute Radio, uh, there's a photo I took of her little feet. She normally stands holding onto the coffee table watching the telly. But she's got this kind of Robinson Crusoe-esque ripped base of trousers because where I've roughly cut them off. I didn't even take the baby grafer properly. I just took her legs out of it and cut the bottoms off, which is really bad health and safety. There are thrifty things you can do in life that don't look thrifty. Yeah. And then there are thrifty things that you can do that look proper thrifty. Looks proper budget, doesn't it? <laughs> That's one of them. So, look, if you've done something really unbelievably thrifty, where you've taken thrift to the next level, I mean, maybe you can go back to your school days with this, where maybe your parents have forced you to wear a jumper that's like five or six sizes too big because <laughs> you're going to grow into it. Let us know on the show tonight. At least make me feel a little bit better about what I got up to at the weekend. 8, 12, 15 to get in touch. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Absolute radio. Rag and bone man on home time. What do you think they're blaming him for? <laughs> Genuinely, what do you think they're, they're blaming Rag and bone man for? He's just saying, don't blame me about Toilet it. Toilet seat lever. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so, yeah. 
Yeah. Or I think I think it is Lou based. I think he's um, I think he's literally used the Lou roll up and not bothered to change it. Hate that. That's really annoying, isn't it? Not a fan. Someone Not else fan. has got to do it, Rag and Bow Man, or Rory, if you use your real name. Uh, it's home time. It's Bush and Richie, Absolute Radio, Monday night. Uh, talking about thrift. I cut the feet off my nine-month-old daughter's baby grow to get some extra wear out of it. Have you done something where you've taken thrift to the next level? Uh, John in Worthing, very topical with the weather today. After walking home from school in the rain, my dad used to put my trainers under the grill <laughs> to, <laughs> to dry them. He then refused to buy me another pair, even though they got burnt. Amazing. So I had to wear them to school for the next month. Imagine turning up at school with burnt trainers <laughs> and your only explanation is that your dad put them under the grill. That is, that's, that's <laughs> cruising for trouble at school here. Uh, Matt Kitchen says he works as a chef. Wow, his name's Matthew Kitchen and he works as a chef. Nominative determinism. determinism. I work as a chef and at some places I've had food left over at the end of the day to take home. Free dinners are great, but sometimes I've eaten the same dish five days a week for a month. Wow. Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Meanwhile, we're talking about next-level thrift on the show at the moment. Um, as I said earlier on, I cut the feet off my daughter's baby grow so she can get a bit of extra wear out of it. She kind of looks like a castaway now. <laughs> Have you done something that's taken thrift to the next level? I kind of admire it in a weird way, but at the same time, you can go a bit too far and end up almost like doing parental stuff. Do you know what I mean? You're in good company. Natalie says, Thrifty, my dad used to cut the front out of our shoes when they got too small and told me they were sandals. That's outrageous behaviour. Uh, J-Dog, don't know what his real name is, good unless name. that is it. Uh, says, when I was uh, at school on Red Nose Day, my parents refused to get me a proper red nose. Instead, they cut the bottom from the uh, egg carton and painted it red and secured it <laughs> to my face <laughs> with elastic. And Gary oh. from Beckenham says, when I was much younger, my dad wouldn't let us bath in any more than two inches of water. It was like sitting in a warm puddle. Do you know what? I, I had the same situation. I had to share a bath. There's a text in here says, we used to have a share bath water with my mum, dad and sister. They used to get out and dirtier when I got in. <laughs> I used to have to share a bath with my brother. When he got out, I'd get in afterwards. Always it's like someone out of Oliver Twist. <laughs> what is going on? It's unbelievable. Also, I want to say, you know, because the worst thing is about, you know, sending kids into school, this kind of thing, is that you know what kids like? They take the mickey. Yes. Uh, I, and I want to hold my hands up and apologise to Charlie Fulbrook, who was in our year. His mum and dad sent him into school. This is when we were about, like, 14 or whatever, so peak nastiness. Uh, and instead of black school trousers, he had Spanish dancers' trousers. <laughs> you know, like... He had like a shiny strip down the side, looked like a troubadour. So we took the mickey out of him. I just want to say, sorry, Charlie. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Baby Bird, you're gorgeous on Hometime. It's Bush and Ritchie. Monday afternoon and our no-repeat guarantee. Uh, we're talking about next-level thrift. Have you done something that's so thrifty you've almost scared yourself? Would you say buying own brand Marmite is thrifty? Oh, yes. I've loved Marmite all my life, but I've realised that Tesco yeast extract... Uh, uh, own brand? Uh, no, something seriously. you get a test for, isn't it? STD. No, yeah. That's what Marmite is, basically. It's yeast extract. Oh, man, that sounds so But they bleak. just have a name for it. I've been... So I start buying own brand. Spreads. It, it's it's not quite as thick. Spreads amazingly. I've never genuinely never seen it. I didn't even know they did this. I'd go as far as saying it's a step better and cheaper. I'd go as far as saying that's a step too far. That's actually worse than cutting the feet off your child's baby grow. I'm not sure this is thrifty. I think it's actually just... I feel like that Martin Lewis guy. Oh, yeah. I've just given everyone an amazing tip. I bet everyone, like, deep down all his mates roll their eyes at him all the time. Oh, God. Yeah, of course you can get it cheaper, can't you, Martin, mate? Uh, get in touch with your thriftiness, 8, 12, 15. Max, what do you do that is thrifty? 
so basically, I, I need to wear glasses if I'm driving at night. Yeah. And a little while ago, I was getting out of a petrol station. My glasses got caught in a seat and got obliterated. Um, and I was on a long drive. I was commuting from Manchester to London. So I was like, what am I going to do? Um, I managed to kind of pick out the lenses from the frame and <laughs> kind of balancing them in. I discovered that only really the left eye actually needed the lens. But that was more- <laughs> that was a more corrective one. Yeah. So I spent the rest of that journey uh, driving with it kind of balancing as a monocle. Taking it out <laughs> in. Um, if I needed to look at a sign or anything, let me just pop that monocle back in. I had it in for the most of the kind of two hours. And then I just didn't think about it. I left the lens in the car. So for about two and a half months, any time I was driving at night, I'd be like, oh, I still need a new pair of glasses. Better pop the monocle back in. Pop the monocle back in. It must be like a targeting computer from Star Wars. (laughs) Exactly. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Now, you may have thought you'd heard the last of this particular national anthem for a little while after Donald Trump's state visit um, was over and done with last week. But uh, back in the news. But this time, in fairness to Mr Trump, something has happened that all of us could possibly do. And that is make a mess of a gift that has been given to you. Uh-oh, what's he done? So last April, uh, Emmanuel Macron, the French president, went and visited the States mm-hmm. and brought with him a friendship tree. A lovely oh. gesture. I love the idea of a friendship tree. Isn't that beautiful? Imagine getting a friendship tree. You'd <laughs> cherish it, wouldn't you? Well, you would cherish it, exactly. And you can uh, you can see that it was obviously a well-received gift. There's some lovely pictures of uh, President Trump and President Macron uh, with golden shovels planting the friendship tree at the front of the White House on the lawn. Now, Mr Macron goes back home to France. A couple of days after he's left, the tree is then dug back up. Well, why? Well, because it's coming from another country, so it needs to go uh, through some kind of, you know, um, quarantine, basically, because it's a living organism. It needs to be checked that nothing's come in that's going to sort of, you know, harm. It's got to go through all the normal rules. Like, for example, if you go into California, they check you for, like, fruit and stuff like that. You got to bring in, like, I don't know, diseases in with you or something. Exactly that. So the friendship tree had to go through that process. You can probably work out what's happened. Sadly, whilst in quarantine, uh, the friendship tree has died oh no <laughs> what a horrible omen it's a horrible omen but it's quite spot on at the same time as well isn't it it is i don't think they're particularly getting on that well at the moment so it was a bit of a precursor yeah. for what's happened in real life but you get that don't you at least you won't have to now get that tr- well he can't yeah get that tree back <laughs> out the next time mr macron comes that's a terrible omen you know like sometimes when something bad happens like imagine if you're listening right now and you've broken a mirror Yes. That's bad news. Or yeah. something on the eve of a wedding, something smashed and terrible or whatever. But like letting a tree that's a tree of hope or friendship die <laughs> under your charge is so bad, isn't it? Gifts go wrong so many times, and this is a wonderful example of it. Well, do you know what? Once, back in the school days, I bought my friend Thomas from my year in school a skateboard because he always used to admire the skateboard that me and my brother used to have. Lovely. First week he had it, he fell off it, broke his wrist. No way. Gift that's gone wrong. Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Uh, we had our first night out 
since the birth of our youngest daughter last night. How long is that? Nine months. Wow. And we went to a Portuguese restaurant. It was very nice in Southend. Had a bit of nice food and everything. A couple of shandies. And at the end, the lady came around to uh, give us the bill and I went to pay and my card got declined. Oh, no. Uh, which is... Absolutely, really petrifying. You know, you know the beginning of the movie Jaws, yeah, where the lifeguard sat on the high seat and the background goes backwards and he moves forwards. <laughs> That's what I felt like in the restaurant. It was absolutely terrifying. I was like, oh my god, terrifying. But at least you should be thankful that you're there with Katie because if it's like a date, yeah, oh yeah, also oh. mortifying. So just be thankful it happens at, at this stage of life. I know completely. Well, you know, I think people always ask questions like it must have been going through her mind, like. What's going on with Andy? <laughs> Cards being declined. And you know what it was? The bank had sent me a new card, and I thought you can just get rid of the old one, just start using the new one. Oh, right, now you've got to activate it. Well, I, I would nearly cut the old one up in the kitchen just before we left, because I thought, oh, I'd better cut it up so that mm. no one can use it or whatever. Thank God I didn't. It happened to still be in Katie's bag. Uh, so I managed to pull that out and pay with it. But it got me thinking, because that was like a narrow escape. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, if we can't pay this are we going to end up having to do the dishes? <laughs> Which is like the age-old thing, and if you can't pay in a restaurant, you end up doing the dishes. But it does raise the issue, have you ever not been able to pay court short for cash or whatever? And what has happened in that case? Because I'd love to know. I've, uh, thankfully, it has never happened to me, but I've always wondered. Because the two the two sort of like references that you get is either doing the dishes, that <laughs> doing would happen dishes. in a movie or a sitcom. Does that ever happen? Or also, maybe at a petrol station, yeah. and you haven't got the cash... And I've always thought that the thing there is you hand your watch over and you go, right, this is my watch. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get some money. I'm going to come back. I'm good for the cash. Yeah. You give me my watch back, then we go. thing is, watches used to be worth quite a bit of money back in the day. But I don't know about you, I've got like a rubbish old digital watch. It's like 25 quid. <laughs> yeah. It's got a calculator on it. No one's going to want to keep that. No. But that is always my biggest fear as well, is like doing the whole thing uh, where you go and get petrol absentmindedly, like you say, yeah. and you haven't taken your card with you. Awful. So... So it's never happened to you. It's never happened to me. No. Thank God. But if it's ever happened to you, have you been caught short for cash, not been able to pay, what are the repercussions? 8, 12, 15. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Absolute Radio. It's pink. It's Aerosmith. It's Absolute Radio. It's home time. It's Bush and Richie. Monday afternoon. We're just inquiring, really. I had a close call last night in a Portuguese restaurant when my card got declined and managed to find the other card that my card was due to replace and pay and got out of it. But do, does anyone end up actually really having to do the dishes in the restaurant as the fable goes? And Richie made the very important point. If you forget to bring your card, if you're, you're filled up with petrol, do you have to like leave... Like your watch there or something? Eight twelve fifteen to Texas, which is what Steve has done from Dagenham. I've forgotten my card and got petrol. I had to hand over my driver's licence, go home and get my bank card. Luckily, I managed to keep my watch. <laughs> I love the fact that they wouldn't accept this watch. <laughs> uh, a nameless text. Once filled up the car, I need to find out I didn't have my debit card. Uh, they were about to close, so I left the rest of my purse along with my handbag with the cashier so I could drive the 15 minutes home to get my card and then go back. See, that's amazing because the people who work in the 24 for our garages must have guidelines on right the, these are the things you're, yeah. you're allowed to accept yeah like is, you know when you go to a pawn shop or whatever and you <laughs> hand stuff over it's bizarre Becky says yes it happened to me last Christmas I went shopping in Birmingham to buy presents and my card was declined I had to rush to the bank as it was closing soon found out someone stole my details and ordered themselves a takeaway on Just Eat do you think we will find one person who has done washing up in a restaurant because they couldn't pay? I hope before 7pm we do. Come on, guys. Come on. We can rely on you on this. 8, 12, 15, let us know. Home time with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile. 
Now you can lower your Tesco mobile phone bill with Tesco Club Card vouchers and save money each month. Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. Terms and conditions apply. This text has blown my mind. Bush, Richie, in the early 1990s. I should say, they've said they're anonymous. Okay. And you will understand why. Bush, Richie, in the early 1990s, I was a PE teacher. Okay. Minibus ran out of petrol near school. I had no money on me, so I left two students as a deposit. Oh, my word, that's amazing. That's just incredible. That is a sackable offence. I don't believe it. Leaving students as collateral. Definitely. That is unbelievable. Amazing. Uh, Ross says, I once couldn't pay for petrol. I'd left my wallet at work 20 miles in the opposite direction, so I left them my DSLR digital camera. And 40 <laughs> miles later, I had to come back to pay up. Proper awkward. Dave says, I haven't uh, had to do the washing up, but embarrassingly, my then but not now girlfriend had to pay when my card was declined and it was her birthday and that came two weeks after I'd had to get her to pay my petrol over the phone having left my wallet at home possibly understandable why she's now an ex I was wondering how quickly that uh, relationship dissolved pretty damn quickly it seems (laughs) Uh, Amy's hanging on Amy you couldn't pay for fuel what happened oh it was so embarrassing Um, I pulled up and it was about must have been quite late about half ten after finishing work um, and I was expecting to be paid that day, did not check. Pulled up, filled up, um, went into the cashier and, and put the you know card in the machine or whatever, and they were like, no, it's declined. What can, what can I do? What can I do? Um, so they said, oh, well, either you know you can leave stuff here, or, you know, all the other stuff that other people have been doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they said, or you can call someone to pay over the phone. I thought, oh God, like, who do I. Who do it's I like call? a really grim phone a friend on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> the irony. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So um, I thought, well, the only person you can really, isn't it, is mum. So um, called mum, had to do the kind of. Oh, like a walk of shame to your mum. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing. Um, and then, yeah, she, she basically just paid over the phone, which was good, and then had to kind of call her the next day and then say, Sorry, and pay her back once I had finally been paid. But, yeah, it's rude it was, to ask a lady her age, but at what age did you have to do this? <clears throat> 28. Oh, oh, tough times. Tough times. <laughs> Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Pops come and people on Hometime. It's Bush and Ritchie. Monday afternoon... Uh, my card got declined at a Portuguese restaurant last night. Uh, ended up managing to get out of the situation. Didn't end up having to do the dishes like the myth goes. But have you ever been caught short and unable to pay for something? Many have. Diane and Coulston had to hand over her car. Hand over her car. What? As payment to builders to finish the patio. Because at the time, there wasn't enough money to pay them to finish it. So the car went as payment, but they got a lovely finished patio out of it. That's like straight out of a gangster movie, isn't it? It is. Hand over the keys to a car. Uh, Marcus Bridgeland sent in a brilliant tweet about having a nightmare haircut. Listen to this. He says, guys, I went to get my haircut after work, cycled there in um, in cycling attire, had the haircut, then I realised I had no cash on me and my debit card had been cancelled that day, in brackets, silly bank. Had to leave my bag, in brackets, of dirty work clothes as a deposit. I cycled home, find no cash anywhere in my flat. I had to ring my girlfriend to give me some pocket money. Eventually paid for the haircut an hour later. It was a nightmare, he says. <laughs> Loving his work. Uh, we have Ian on the phone from Scunthorpe. Another who couldn't pay in the garage, Ian. I pulled up in the petrol station. Uh, filled up, as you do. Went in. My card was, was declined. Yeah. So they impounded my car by putting a car in the front and a car in the back of it. Oh, no. And I had to walk three and a half miles home 
to get the money and get a taxi and come back. They wouldn't take the card payment. They wouldn't take another card payment. I had to go get cash. So whose cars did they use to impound, you know, the front of your car and the back of your car? How did they it do this? The, uh, the staff there. The staff there. Wow. Ian, I've not spent they... much time in Scunthorpe in my life. Is, it, is this what it's like <laughs> up there? Well, I think so. I mean, I had a shirt and tie on, but it obviously doesn't give any credence in this place, does it? That's it. <laughs> the mean streets of Scunthorpe. Flipping out. Ten weeks of tickets. The Isle of Wight Festival with Enterprise. So 10 Weeks of Tickets is back and all this week we're giving away tickets to the Isle of Wight Festival. All you need to do is take part in our new game that we call Who Claims Wins? And let's go to the phones and speak to contestant number one. He's called Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello, good morning, boy. I mean, I mean good afternoon, much. Oh, <laughs> he's a bit flustered. <laughs> he is. Uh, Chris, where are you calling us from? Uh, calling from the West Midlands. Okay. It's called Alborough. Richie and I both got completely soaked getting into work today. Have you had a proper soaking in the West Midlands today? Uh, it's not been too bad, to be honest. All right. Lucky boy. What have you been up to? What have you been doing today? Uh, I've been at work and also I've uh, collected my new bike from Alfred's, a new push bike. Oh, getting out jealous. on that. What kind of bike is it? Is it a racer where you lean down or are you going to be do- doing a bit of BMX in? No, it's a mountain bike um, hybrid. Off-road Chris, we're going to call ah. him. Off-road Chris. On the other line, Heather, what kind of bike have you got? Oh, I don't really do bikes. Oh. <laughs> if you could have a bike, what kind of bike would you go for? Oh, I don't know, something classy. Oh, I don't know anything about bikes. Sorry. Basically, not what Chris has got. <laughs> so we've got off-road no, Chris no. and classy Heather. Yeah, class, classy Heather, that's what we'll go for. <laughs> right, here are the rules, guys. Uh, we're going to give you a random topic that has many possible answers because Who Claims Wins returns this week. Uh, Chris, you will have to say how many answers you think you could give in 30 seconds. Uh, then classy Heather will have the opportunity to claim uh, if you think you can name more or less than off-road Chris, OK? So whoever thinks they could claim more will then have 30 seconds to do just that and if they manage it they win the tickets if they don't they lose the tickets it's fiendish let's play who claims wins right here we go then chris how many leonardo dicaprio films do you think you can name in 30 seconds and we're looking for films from 2000 onwards that have been released in uk cinemas I'm going to say five. Five? Five. Wow, okay. Okay. So, Heather, do you think you can name more than five or do you want to challenge Chris to get on with it and do it? Oh, sorry, Heather. What are you going to go for? Um, No, I'm going to manage five, sorry. So, that Um, means Chris has got to do it then, if that's the case. Yes. Chris, 30 seconds to name those five films. Go for it. Uh, the the beach. Um, well, I'm going to say Titanic. Um, oh, this is good, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Chris, you can do this. Um, okay, honestly, I don't know. To be honest, think of any film. Make a film up. No. Well, I'm not sure I heard five even named there, uh, but of the two that you named, one was valid. Titanic was before 2000. You peaked too soon with the mountain bike, Chris. You did. Yeah. You did. You did. Uh, which means Heather, classy Heather, congratulations. Oh, uh, you win I the tickets. Only, I can only think of about four in the end, I wrote down, so... <laughs> I said, well, don't worry about it. You won. This is the great thing about this competition. You, like Richie said, you can fiendishly win without having to lift a finger. Uh, you are off to the Isle of Wight Festival. Well done.
done, Heather? That was a bit lazy, really, yes. Thank you. guilty. It's fine. This is how this how the game is. We've never had a guiltier winner than Heather. You were probably sat there, Heather, as Chris was banging on about his flipping mountain bike. We're all sick to death of him showing off about it. He's got it all buffed up shiny, whatever. He's got his comeuppance, I think. Don't you reckon, Heather? Yeah. Yeah. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Got Danny on the line. Danny, you got caught short of cash, didn't you? All right, so I like, literally just started a new job. I was like two days in and I um, was in an unmarked van. It weren't all signposted. And uh, we could only use the Shell petrol station, so the fuel card was yellow. Mm. So I'm driving along the A406 and I, I realised I weren't paying attention to the fuel. And um, I was literally running on fumes and uh, panicked, saw a jet fuel station, which is also yellow, pulled into the jet station, filled up all £100 of the fuel tank, <laughs> went in there, and um, I went in there with a fuel card, and I was like, yeah, like, pump six, so the geezer goes to me, can't use it. And I'm like, yeah, of course you can, it's Shell. He said, yeah, look up, with jet. So <laughs> I was literally two, like, about two miles from my mum's house, so I had to phone my mum, because um, I only had my driving licence on me. <laughs> phone my mum, say, Mum, you got any cash? And she's like, yeah. So I just borrowed £100, explained what happened. Um, I go to the guy, look, I'm going to drive off, go and get the money and come back. And he goes, no, you leave the van here or leave us something of value. And I said, look, all I've got is my driving licence, my phone and my keys. Yeah? And then um, they took my driving licence. They literally took everything I had on me to make sure that I would come back. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you have to do? Walk to, walk to your mum's? Yeah, I literally, I used to, I walked to my mum's two miles and then I got a bus back to the petrol station. Yeah. Oh, Danny. And you literally just started the job. That must have yeah, put you I'll, behind. Yeah. It was because, like, the driver that left the van before was meant to fill it right up so that, that nothing like that would happen on my, like, first couple of days or something. Oh. So I think literally the first day I started the job. I tell you what, two things there, right? First off, having to walk down the side of a motorway embankment or side of a road, you look like your head's gone. (laughs) Secondly, having to borrow 100 100 quid off your mum at the drop of the hat, she must have thought you were in trouble with a gang or something, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Yeah, mate, she probably did, because where where it actually happened is quite a rough area of London as well, so I'm I'm surprised she didn't think something like that. (laughs) I love it. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. I don't know whether you've got your summer holiday booked for this year, but next year you could be going to space. Seriously, this is the thing. Space? Yeah. Now, it's pricey, the figures I'm about to give you, but for some people in society, this is now becoming doable. NASA have announced they are allowing tourists to visit the International Space Station from 2020. Right, OK. So this is different to the kind of rich people who've been paying to go up, who've already pre-booked to go up and back down again Correct, in, yeah. in a space flight. This, this is, is staying different. on the actual space station. And the price is £27,000 per night. Oh, my word. Now, I'm not saying that that isn't expensive. Right? It's, it's a lot of money. However, let me put it in this parlance. It's not that far from me trying to get a room in Liverpool on a stag weekend not that long ago. <laughs> £27,000. Who's got that kind of cash? Do you remember last week? Last week, and listen carefully, I'm not asking you to do this now. Last week, we were giving people the chance to win £30,000. Oh, yeah. For a text. Oh, yeah. Could have done it and have money left over. So you'd have Gone a few to grand to like maybe get yourself a new outfit for being up there or whatever. Exactly. So would you honestly want to? Would you want to go and stay on the International Space Station? It's only one night. Yeah, 
Really? Yeah, amazing views. Have you seen that thing, though? It just looks like a load of, like, <laughs> dangerous wires and getting sucked out of an airlock or something. Do you know, have you seen the movie Alien? I just don't like the idea of it being up there and it all silent and everything as So well. you're telling me if you didn't have the funds... If, if you had the funds... Yeah. ..you still would not want to go for one night only International Space Station? Not in a million years, cos you've got to do all the training before and going up, which is where they, they make you go off to, like, the Crimea and spin around and then you'd be sick. <laughs> And then you go up into it and your Wii floats around. And we don't even know what happens to a number two. Does anyone know what happens to a number you two in space? You only miss one episode of EastEnders. <laughs> I'd be willing to stay up there for three weeks. <laughs> Is that possible? Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. The Cult on Absolute Radio. It's quarter past six. If you had tea ages ago, that song is for you. Well done. Hometime with Bush and Richie. Overly negative response to the idea of £27,000 for one night on the International Space Station. Someone here saying, not bad, that'll cost about £2 million to get there, though. Oh, it is, honestly, I can't think of anything worse. I really? literally... Seriously, it's becoming affordable. Have you not seen the movie, one of the greatest space films of all time, Gravity? I have seen Gravity. That's the Sandra Bullock one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, George Clooney. They get they get trapped in a slowly exploding space base. Very so that's where you're the... basing not wanting to go to the International Space Station. Imagine that, right? You get that. Bearing in mind that's their job in Gravity, so they kind of you know you sign up for it. But you've you've spent thirty grand on <laughs> trying to avoid an explosion True. in space. Uh, on a side issue, I have seen it, but you refer to it as one of the greatest space. One of the greatest. It's not the greatest. The greatest space movie of all time is Space Cowboys. <laughs> Have you seen it? No, but it doesn't sound great. <laughs> That's it's... a very judgmental thing to space say. Space Cowboys? Yes. Please give me a, a, a quick kind of synopsis of Space Cowboys. Clint Eastwood. Right. Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. Donald Sutherland. <laughs> so, oh Stop laughing. Goes very off a cliff. Very disrespectful. Goes off a cliff. Uh, great cast. Um, you've got, uh, back in the 60s, Space Race starts. Right. These young junior astronauts who didn't quite get there, but they know how to operate satellites. Satellite breaks down in the year 2000. Yeah. Who's the only person that can um, <laughs> fix it? Those guys from 40 years ago, they're now pensioners. They go up in space. It's just like, almost like a follow-on to Armageddon, where the miners are the only people who can go up there. Is that what it is? Do you like Armageddon? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but they're pensioners. See, my favourite space film of all time, and I do believe this to be the ultimate space film, is Interstellar. Not with seen it. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, but basically, I, I think from in terms of our divergent views on what is the best space movie, I would say that I like sci- like real science fiction, as in uh, realistic sci-fi. Yeah. And you like kind of like pop sci-fi like Star Wars and do you know what I mean there's a difference well, Star, Star Wars would still not happen what I've described <laughs> of some pensioners going into space absolutely could happen it's not the best space movie what happens in yours? In Interstellar, Matthew yeah. McConaughey, I think he goes through a wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> right, I want to swear at you right now. I can't, I'd lose my job. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Let me come back to you right now with the, the actual plot of Interstellar from these, because I reckon this is the best. And I think there's a, there's a divergence here between myself and Richie, and I mentioned this earlier on. I believe that I'm into realistic sci fi, right. or real fi, mm-hmm. and Richie's into like pop sci fi or pop fi. What? <laughs> 
Uh, Interstellar, in Earth's future, a global crop blight and second dust bowl are slowly rendering the planet uninhabitable. Professor Brand, Michael Caine, a brilliant NASA physicist, is working on plans to save mankind by transporting Earth's population to a new home via a wormhole. <laughs> and you're saying yours is realistic? I wish there wasn't a wormhole. It doesn't help my case. <laughs> But first, must, Brand must send former NASA pilot Cooper, who's Matthew McConaughey, and a team of researchers through the wormhole <laughs> across the galaxy to find out which of the planets could be mankind's new home. Are you reading that off of IMDb? I am indeed. What's the score? 8.6 out of 10. What's okay. your one? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, internet's gone down, has it? <laughs> 6.4 before no. someone gets in touch. Crushing. Dave's hanging on. Dave, what's the greatest space film? It's got to be Spaceball, surely. Spaceballs? Yeah, it's, it's got Alan Rickman. Yeah. It's like a comedy one. Um, I'm sure it's got like, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's got it's John Ca- John Candy dressed up as a space cat. That's it. That's the one. That's the one. Come on. That's the one. That, that can't be the best space movie of all time. Come on, mate. Clint Eastwood, Donald Sutherland, James Garner, Tommy Lee Jones, Space Cowboys. No. Listen, if that's not, if that's not real life, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Absolute Radio. The countdown is on to 80s versus 90s live from the Isle of Wight Festival this weekend. You can win your way to the festival tomorrow on this show thanks to 10 weeks of tickets. The normally harmonious atmosphere of your Hometime show has been broken this evening by an argument about what is the greatest space movie of all time. Uh, NASA is allowing tourists up onto the International Space Station next year. We've started talking about space movies. The show is split between Interstellar and Space Cowboys. I just think there is, there's a real divide between pop sci-fi and realistic sci-fi. Uh, Neil tweets to say, Richie is obsessed with Space Cowboys. Can we stick him on Mars on his own like Matt Damon in The Martian? Now that's a space film. That's right, a few votes for that. Pam says, I really enjoyed The Martian. The book was amazing and it's got a decent take on the whole film thing as well. Uh, Steve says, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Have you ever seen that? No. I've seen it a few times. You know, there are certain films. They should do like a website or something where they explain films to thick people. Great idea. Because I'm, I'm too Great thick. Idea. I'm too thick to understand what the ending is for that film, <laughs> if anyone can enlighten me. Uh, someone's getting very irate here. They say Galaxy Quest is the best space film. I'm utterly enraged that no one has already suggested this. I've never had any inclination whatsoever to text a radio station before, but my rage at this omission is sufficient <laughs> to break my silence. <laughs> Galaxy Quest has everything. Action, comedy, romance, Alan Rickman, you name it. Not everybody is disagreeing with me thankfully cat tweets to say heartily agree on space cowboys really which is great uh, then says but surely space camp has to be up there as well space camp i've looked that up on imdb uh, the young attendees of a space camp find themselves in space for real when their shuttle is accidentally <laughs> launched into orbit <laughs> surprisingly 5.6 on imdb absolutely damning <laughs> I'm off home to try and save some cash to get up to the International Space Station. NASA letting us up there now uh, for 27 grand for a night, but it's beginning to get affordable. No way. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not in a million years. Looks terrible, sounds terrible, and this has got us into, I don't know, choppy waters in the latter part of the show, arguing over what's the best space movie of all space time. Space Cowboys versus Interstellar, very much the argument. Uh, Mark J says, you're both wrong. 
Wrong, wrong, wrong. The most realistic space movie takes place in South Africa. It's called District 9. I've seen that. It's not a space movie. It's a great film. It is a space movie. It's not. It is. It take, like you said, it takes place in South Africa, which is not space. It's, it's a spaceship. Place. It's a spaceship. Yeah, they come from space. We're, we're, we're on home. They're the away team. But it's, no, but it's still a space movie because no, someone's not. come out of space and then turned up. No, it's just mere sci-fi. It's not a space movie if it takes place in South Africa. There you go, Mark. You've ruined it for the pair of us. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Just to go back to what I was saying earlier on about, uh, you know, in theatres, because yeah. obviously producer Adem's ruined the show tomorrow because he's going to the theatre and yeah. not helping us burn all these signs yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, you used to put a pound in and get your glasses, yes. goggles. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got the zip of my coat stuck in the slot for the goggles in the uh, Bristol Hippodrome for the entire duration of The Hobbit. So I was trying to get the goggles out for free. <laughs> that is incredible. There's my claim to fame for the Bristol Hippodrome. That is theatrical karma. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> oh. oh, and that's the next play Adam's going to watch. <laughs> theatrical karma. <laughs> Oh, Bill Bailey, please play us out unless you're at the theatre. It's the podcast has officially come to an end.